Are you hungry for more? You know what life has to offer. You sense it is radiating magic, but perhaps you feel like you're just not fully nourished by all there is to embody. Well, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Here and now. Just what the doctor ordered. Welcome to the conversation, Well and Why, where we feast on fuel for the soul. These topics are designed to ignite that fire and maximize our human potential. Together, we can heal the system. Alone, we can heal our bloodline. Bon appetit! I think that learning to be alone through 2020 was a beautiful thing because then you can attract from a place of wholeness. You're not looking for someone to fill your void or, or make you whole because you spent a whole year being by yourself and being like, Oh, actually like, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I want someone, of course, life is beautiful and it's meant to be shared, but that notion that someone's going to come in and fix you and make it better is just going to land you in a toxic codependent relationship that ultimately is going to need a lot of work to sustain in, in my opinion. Welcome back to Well and Why, a spiritually nutritious production. I'm your host, Allie. This is where we talk all things lifestyle design, the growth mindset, and it is inspired by wellness. So briefly, we're going to do a little breath work that I've started doing as of the last episode. Um, I just feel like we could all always use this. And it's, for me, my most favorite when I'm when I receive a reminder. So we're going to breathe in for four, hold for four, release for four, hold for four, and then we're good. And I'll count. All right. Sit up straight if you can, wherever you are, shoulders back and down. Breathe in for four. Hold. Exhale. Hold. Oh, thank you for joining me on that. Oh, I feel good. All right. Happy Valentine's Day, lovers. <laughs> also, a quick aside, this is the potiversary of Well and Why, and I am eternally grateful for you, the listener, and for all of the incredible guests that have accepted my invitation onto this show. Despite this being a solo endeavor, I could never have done this alone. Thank you for sharing your human existence with my trusted guests and me. What better way to celebrate the love than to talk about dating with my very own podcasting role model, Stephanie Sambari. She is a co-host on That's So Retrograde. I highly suggest tuning into it as soon as possible. It is just like you're listening to these two girls that are your friends. And up until now, I've met them twice at their own shows, said hello, gave them a hug, got a picture, you know, fangirl stuff. And it was just so awesome talking to Stephanie Sambari on here for this episode. It was definitely a pipe dream. <laughs> I don't really exactly know what a pipe dream is, but like it feels right. And it, the fact that it came to life is very cool. And I just want to you know, invite you to step out of your comfort zone and ask somebody for something that you want because you never know. And we talk a lot about asking for what we want and what we need in this episode. I have a question for you and it is not just for the ladies. Do you feel as though 2020 has brought you closer to home in terms of your feminine energy? 
the hustle and bustle part of life was basically knocked out of the equation back in March of 2020 here in the U.S. This is something we touch on in this episode, but I'm curious if a majority of people feel more connected to themselves in this way. Other topics we discuss are dating pre and mid pandemic, like balancing work and dating in, as Stephanie calls it, the before times. We dive into what we lost with online dating, making it far too convenient for potential mates to get what they want, leaving us quite unfulfilled emotionally and how COVID has strangely been on our side in that case. Stephanie comes in hot with the humor, words of wisdom, and tough love, exactly what I needed this time of year around Valentine's Day. Briefly before getting into the conversation, I wanted to bring up something that my therapist brought to my attention the other day, which was fascinating. And she basically asked me to look at my list of interests that I want to be shared with my partner and ask myself why I want them to be interested in all of those as well. What are the characteristics and personality traits I'm hoping that person portrays? So that's a little bit of Valentine's Day homework for us single ladies Um, and men, all the singles in the singles line. (laughs) One last quote I want to share before getting into the conversation was this woman, Patty Stanger. She's a matchmaker. I believe that's her name. I heard her speaking on Clubhouse and she said, make them wait. It takes longer to get a mortgage and buy a fucking house. Make them earn it. And I don't know if that hit home so hard because I'm in real estate and I know that a closing often takes 30 to 45 days, generally speaking, if not longer for a house to sell. So let's just let's just let that marinate in our brains real quick and uh, we'll come back to it later maybe well enjoy Stephanie Sambari you are a co-host with Elizabeth Cott of what I truly consider my favorite podcast in the podcast ether that's so retrograde I am So utterly honored to have you here today to share your voice beyond your already very loyal following of, let's say, elevated well-being enthusiasts. Mm, (laughs) We like that. Yeah. I'm a huge fan because there's just something about how relatable you are with your sense of humor, your topic choices, and your inherent level of honesty. So thank you so much for being here. Oh my God, you're so sweet. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I also just wanted to say that if we could all live our entire lives going out on a whim as I did, coming to you via Instagram voice note to come on here, I can't imagine all of the abundance we would all individually and collectively have because I was so shocked that you said yes and Mm -hmm. so psyched. You have no idea. I called my sister like, you don't even know what just happened. I think it was because of the way that you did it that I was just like, I like this girl. Oh. That's cool. (laughs) It's like just normal. Like it was very... Thing we overthink things a lot, you know, and you try to craft like the perfect thing to write or, or like how to present yourself. And you're just like, Hey girl, please go on my podcast. And I was like, this is hilarious. Okay, I'll do it. That's awesome. Yeah. First off, what are you mm-hmm. sipping on over there? Anything good? Oh yeah. These are this, these drinks that we really like. They're um, matcha hustle drinks. It's like a sparkling green tea, carbonated water, matcha lemon juice and lime and it's spearmint and it's delightful actually matcha bar used to be the tenants of the co-working space that i ran 
oh. in my building. Yeah. Oh well, full circle. I know them. Yeah. <laughs> they, I really, I'm not really a matcha fan, but then when they started doing the sparkling with the mint and the citrus, I started liking it. Don't you feel like regular matcha is just like chalky, like a powdery, yeah. like it like tastes like it's good for you. And yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an acquired taste. Um, yeah, yeah. More of a coffee gal, I think. Yeah, me too. But I do like Dunkin' Donuts matcha. I don't know. But that's probably mostly sugar, powdered dairy and sugar. Oh, well, I get oat milk. So there's yeah, but you that. know how like in a lot of those powders, like the chai powder and the matcha powder, they all have like um, condensed milk in them. That's why they mm. taste so good. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Oof. It's a it's a fun journey going down, but then for me on the on the other end, it's a scary sad journey. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like pizza. Yeah, exactly. So you're in LA, right? Mhm. Okay. So let's talk dating, pandemic, pandemic dating. <laughs> the mm-hmm. good Mhm. How much of love and relationship do you think is affected by astrology? Huh. Interesting phrasing. Um, I guess I don't, I would say that astrology has an influence on the way that you operate in, in every way, whether it be, you know, the way that you present yourself in the world, the way that you are emotionally or the way that you interface in your relationship. So I would say that it it has an influence. How did you phrase the question? <laughs> how much do you think it affects how much do you think love and relationship is affected by astrology? I don't I think it is affected by it. I mean, but I but I don't think of it that way. I think of it more as astrology is a tool to navigate all things. Mm. So I think that you could fall in love with any type of person and vice versa. But inevitably, like in any relationship, you're going to bump up against walls and then you can use astrology to understand each other more deeply in order to come into more harmony because sometimes you fight with people because they just are a certain way. And it's like, well, if you're fighting with an Aquarius because you're trying to get them to be emotional, well, you should just hit the fuck down because it's not going to (laughs) happen. You know, like, so I think it's like that. It saves you from a lot of drama, I think. Yeah. So both parties would potentially have to do some deep diving into it or just one to at least understand how to work with the other. I mean, I definitely think ideally, and I I grapple with this because, you know, I date men and they traditionally are skeptical of this type of thing. So, yes, ideally both parties could – come to an understanding of certain ways of being, you know, Elizabeth and I have done that in our work relationship. So that's really cool. Yeah. But I've bumped up a lot of, against a lot of men who kind of make fun of it, which I actually hate so much. I'm just <laughs> like, you're basically like shitting on Jesus to me. And <laughs> I feel extremely disrespected. And so, uh, but I think if you have an idea of it, then at least you can keep your side of the street clean because at the end of the day, that's really all you have control over anyways. Yeah. Touche. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, is it a non-negotiable for you that someone's at least open to discussing it? If they're not into it, like they don't want to learn, like that's fine. What I don't personally like, and actually what I experienced recently is I don't like to be made fun of. Mm. 
or I, I, I don't like someone to tell me that what I believe is stupid. Yep. So as long as you're like on board with like listening and kind of being like, oh, that's interesting. Like, yeah, you know, my girlfriend believes in this thing. It's not 100% for me, but it works for her. Like, that's good enough for me. Okay. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. So somewhat recently, you spoke about how you're such an open book on your show, yet you realized you don't often get deep into the trenches of what it's like living in your singleness, but it is something that you wanted to share more with us. I said that? Yeah, I wanted to look back and find the find the episode exactly. But you did say like, you're such an open book, but you realize that you don't necessarily go that deep in that way to talk about, you know, the hard parts of it. Well, it's because like, that's not what our show has been about. But I do think that I should, both of us should do more like personal because that's, I mean, we've basically been like the guinea pigs on this whole, you know, consciousness journey that we've sort of started talking about. So yeah, I think it is kind of time for us to reflect back the lessons. I love that. Yeah. But I I know that I can speak for myself that most of my friends or people I know at my age have found How old their are you? 29. Okay. Have found their person, if not a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Mr. Right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like how many people have settled? You know, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> That's, I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> right. I know. I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I relate to you so much in everything you do talk about when it comes to life and dating. So talk to us about what it's like pre-pandemic and mid-pandemic to be Stephanie Sambari dating in LA. Oh, wow. Well, the glamour. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good question. I mean, pre-pandemic, hmm, it's definitely like separated in like chapters of life. I think for everyone in every way, like there's the before times and then there's whatever the fuck this is now. We're just in a completely different timeline and reality. Mm-hmm. And the before times for me had a long history of, of, you know, having been in a relationship um, and then being single again and kind of, I think I got to a point at the end of the before times where I was so fucking tired and not only of trying to date, but trying to balance work and dating. And then also having a lot of trouble coming out of my like hard core work personality that's like more masculine energy and driven in that way to turn off and go to a place of softness and vulnerability and just like receptivity and flirtation and being a woman and all these things. Like I just, I had a really hard time like landing with that other side of myself. And so in 2020, I feel because everything Basically, we just had the power turned out and like the emergency brake grabbed. And so we had to stop. And I think in that time, I I spent a lot of time with that other side of myself that wasn't grinding. And so it was really important because I was like, oh, there you are. Like, you're actually like, you know, I need a lot more love from myself in order to be able to even look for someone to love me. Because really, if you're looking for someone to love you, what you're looking for is someone to love. But if you're constantly depleted, then you really don't have much more to give. And it's interesting because I, I've i dated more people more consistently 2020 and 2021 so far than I did probably for the last five years before that. Wow. I mean, definitely for the last, I mean, before that it was just a series of unfortunate 
events and ghostings. <laughs> it was a lot of being like strung out on a dick. I never heard from again. You know, yeah. it was like, I was a drug addict for like the quick fix. And then I didn't know how to like transition that or claim my needs or even, I didn't even know what they were. So how could I claim them? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, 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 yeah, I feel, I feel better now, I guess. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Speaking of the, I know that was, masculine... was that the question? I always lose the question because I start talking so I much, know. and then I'm like, I'm down a trail, and I'm like, what was the question? <laughs> it doesn't help that my questions take like ten years to get out. So, um, no, they're good. <laughs> but no, I think that was that was pretty much it. I think that's really great, and I think a lot of us can relate probably to 2020, just giving ourselves that time mm-hmm. to be with ourselves even more so because it was so much easier to be single pre-pandemic because of of the the dating world you can go out if and date if you want you can take a break if you're too busy with your life you know like you were just we were so busy that it was less often that we had to sit there and and be with that singleness so I think 2020 has done some some cool things for us but do you feel like it was good that it was easier because I actually don't feel that it was good I feel that it was easier to be distracted and kind of like mixing with too many different things that maybe weren't good for for you necessarily. And so I, I think that learning to be alone through 2020 was a beautiful thing because then you can attract from a place of wholeness. You're not looking for someone to fill your void or, or make you whole because you spent a whole year being by yourself and being like, Oh, actually like, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I want someone, of course, life is beautiful and it's meant to be shared, but that notion that someone's going to come in and fix you and make it better is just going to land you in a toxic codependent relationship that ultimately is going to need a lot of work to sustain in, in my opinion. Absolutely. No, I agree. I think that the easiness wasn't good. I think like that quote, nothing good comes easy, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think it has been so hard to sit in it for 2020 and, but also amazing because you're like, I'm not just letting any person into my space this year. You know, I don't even kiss on the first date anymore because of COVID. And I'm like, this is great. (laughs) Like all the things you used to do on a first date. (laughs) Exactly. And to make people wait because of it, it's just like so nice. And I actually see the benefits of all of that. Totally. Like it weeds out, you know, the people that mean it, I think more. Not to say that everyone that means it is going to be your person, but I think we're talking about a quality of individual of interacting with them, you know, that says a lot if you don't have sex with someone early on and you and they they have to kind of continuously try to hang out with you i think that's that's building something and i do think that we lost that as like internet swipers yeah yeah it's so sad the way that it was mm-hmm. with just like and and as i mean i'll speak for myself but i didn't like that aspect of dating and I didn't want to be a part of that, but it was what it was. Mm -hmm. So I just, I was, you know what I mean? And just, it's just so nice to have the change of pace and feel more of a respect for myself because of it. Totally. I love that. For sure. So that masculine and feminine energy that you were talking about, I don't know if for me, it's an ego thing. I need to prove I'm capable of being an independent woman or the fact that I just haven't met my person yet or because of my insecurities. But I'm curious if you've ever also wondered why it takes some of us longer to admit that we want that kind of committed relationship. 
I have uh, wondered why it's so hard for me to admit that so often. I mean, I'm older than you and I am just now being able to say what you're at, what you're describing. So I don't know, like, I think maybe it comes from like an early burning. What do you mean? You know, like a young, like a young love lost of something like either high school or college or early twenties. Like I, I can definitely track back to when I used to feel very comfortable in that space. And then somewhere along the way in my twenties, it, it got really lost. And part of it, and I don't think this is the whole thing, but part of it is that whether it's, I don't know if it's just like intrinsic to being a woman or, or it's an independence thing, like you said, or, or an insecurity thing. I mean, I think it's definitely like a confluence of like a lot of things, but there's also something that me, I felt like I couldn't, like it was so much to ask for. And also like, I couldn't fully believe that it was possible. You know, I worked with the spiritual owl. We've had her on the show a few times and we were talking once like a couple of years ago. And she was like, Stephanie, people are getting married every day. <laughs> She's like, and you believe that you're the one person on earth that that won't happen for, that it just is an impossibility. And I was like, right, that's <laughs> fucking stupid. Like, why would it be why would it be something that I can't access? And I I do think it has to do with feeling so afraid to the vulnerability of saying like, I have a need Mm -hmm. is something that just, I think as women, our generation, I think is probably the last generation of women that's tethered to this inability to claim need. I mean, that's a generational kind of like trauma of, of just the feminine archetype really. Like, I'm sure either it's your mom or your grandma, or your aunt, or your friend's mom or whoever, like we all know women who are one or two generations older than us who didn't do that and completely lived a life where their needs were never fucking met. Yeah. So I think that it's a lot to do with that is that it's actually like a spiritual transition where like we need to learn to claim that in a way that's bigger than us. Mm. Wow. Yes. I think you're spot on. And and it wasn't until this year that I was like, I need to admit to myself that that I need that, you know, and be willing to admit yeah. to others that because it sucks to say I need that. And and I obviously don't need it like life or death, but I need it for happiness and to share the joy of life, like you were saying before. Well, for me personally, it's like I want to have a child. So right. I do need it for that purpose. Yeah. It literally. You know, like a utilitarian need is like True. there. Yeah. And of course, there's many other ways to have a child and I'm open to those. But I think that it's also, even when you say, well, of course I don't need it, but I need it. It's like, there's, you're, we're still working through that issue where it's like, why can't it be like, yeah, in order to feel fulfilled in a relationship. So this is the thing. It isn't that you need it to be okay as you are right now. Right. But- if you're going to do it, there are certain things that you're going to need in exchange. 
Otherwise, it's not going to be worth it for you or it's not going to be good for you because then you'll be getting drained. You'll probably be overgiving or you won't be getting enough and you'll be pretending that you're okay when you're not okay. And that's because you're afraid to be like, hey, I actually need you when you go on a trip and you land to to call me because that's something that I need. You know, like these little, it's very nuanced really at the end of the day. Yeah. But you by yourself now are not in need. Right. That's the thing. Yes. But if you do the dance, you know, there are things you need because otherwise for me, it's always like, and I, I learned this lesson so many times. It's very fucking stupid. It always takes me like a month to realize what's going on. But like, <laughs> if you're not making my life better, I don't need you here. Mm-hmm. I really like being by myself. I love my own company. I like watching shows. I like smoking weed. I like talking to my friends. I, I'm good. Yeah. If you're not coming in with like a sick vibe and like laughs and just like everything I need from you as an individual in my space, then then that's really what we're talking about. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. It does take – I mean that's – give yourself like the grace for letting, taking that amount of time because you the only way to know is to give somebody a little bit of time. I know. You know, so then it's like, and yeah. then we're in it and then we're like, oh, what do we let time do its thing? Or do we just like ixnay it? Are we not giving them enough time? Are we, you know, we- and men, I don't know if you date men and women, but I know men need so much time. They're fucking love that. But like the slowest, like, like so stupid, like catch up. (laughs) (laughs) But it's taking you so long. (laughs) That's so funny. You know, Um, and I think patience is a really big thing as far as, 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 you know, not being again with the needs met thing. It's like, yes, put it out there, communicate openly, but like also give someone an opportunity to show up and process. And you'll know when you're overdoing it and when you're you, the balance between pushing and being patient is something I think that is like an intuitive thing to learn for yourself. Yeah. I know for me last time I do date guys and the last guy just, you know, I just, it took time, but then I realized like I couldn't even be in my own body without being frustrated around this person. Right. And I was like, all right, I think I, I think time played its role here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I always like, so I go by the moon cycle as far as like, um, time is concerned. So every moon cycle is like two weeks. So I always say, you know, if you're feeling one type of way, then you should just wait two weeks to see if it's like cycling in or if it's cycling out. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you don't really need to do the work to bring someone in or out of your life you can do like a little bit, you can like lay a breadcrumb and then really the energy will move it for you. If you're paying attention to just like the, that, that timeline. And I think, I and it also makes that. me really patient. Cause I'm like, oh, isn't he texting me? It's been six days. And then it's like, just wait for the moon. And it's always really, it's like clockwork. Wow. If it's not two weeks, that. it'll be four, you know, if it's not four, it'll be six. Like it's, Hmm. I've yeah. I've been saying a lot lately that I just want to learn how to live by the moon more. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited for that tip. Yeah. And I got little moonology uh tarot cards to play around what with. You you know Shannon Agonza, um one of our astrologers from from the show and a dear friend her daughter made a book called The Moon Dweller Journal and it's like a journal that you like it's so cool. They like 
every week there's a, a circle, like an astrology circle with the phases of the moon, the signs, the words associated things you should do that day. And then you, you like write little words in it too. It's, and it's Shannon who her daughter did like the graphics and, and the concept, but then Shannon, who's like a, such an amazing astrologer did all of like the, the detailed content. So if you're looking for a resource, that's a really good one. Yeah. Thank you. Fun. Yeah. Do you have some kind of process or strategy for getting to a better headspace when you're feeling the lack? I'm sure many of us singles can resonate with feeling on <laughs> singles. <laughs> and we're like lepers, <laughs> like like a dark side of society. If you're a single, <laughs> go to the left. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I want to stay with my friends. <laughs> Wait, that's really funny because in my dream last night, I was like living in the city and there was a, a modern genocide in New York City. And, and that just reminded me of what you just said. Scary. Very. I know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry. Weird weird mood. No, no. I mean, there's weird energy around. So you're probably yeah. just picking up on some fucking dark shit. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. is there something that you do when you're, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, I really wish someone were just here with me, you know? Yeah, I, I cry all the time. <laughs> Good, let it out. <laughs> yeah, I cry constantly. Um, I also journal a lot. Journaling makes me feel, crying is great, obviously. It's very therapeutic and healthy, but um, journaling makes me feel like I have more connection. Like it gives me someone to talk to in yeah. a way. And so that really helped me work through it. And then normally after doing a couple of pages, I'll be motivated to go do something for myself. Like, you know, you want someone to do something where you want someone to be there. You're like, uh. And it's like, okay, like we get it, but get the fuck up, make a coffee, play a great song, you know, get into a good vibe with yourself. Like just you're good. Like you just have to like, have a low tolerance for your own bullshit mm. and also then put an effort forth you know like if you really want a person and it's like that dire for you then you better get on those apps you better start messaging swiping making meetings you better start going outside fucking talking to people I mean if you really want something aren't you gonna try to get it you're not just gonna sit around being like why doesn't anyone want me like the universe doesn't care about your complaints it likes action yeah, but some of us are doing the work and the right person's just not there yet. Bitch, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there, too. I'm a single. I'm getting shipped to the island of the single. <laughs> I'm not well. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it's really hard, especially as you get older and you like want to have a kid or like, you know, like that's the most annoying thing for me right yeah. now is that I'm at the best part of my life I've ever been at. I'm like, I'm, I, I finally am not fucking broke. I have like a, a good successful thing going. I'm in a good creative flow. I live in a beautiful place. I have like amazing friends. Like, you know, my parents are healthy. Like I'm in a good zone and I wouldn't even give a shit about it right now if I wasn't like, oh shit, well, I just turned 35 and that means in 11 months I'll be 36 and then in 12 months after that I'll be 37 and then 12 <laughs> years after that I'll be 52. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's not good. That's not right, Matt. That's completely <laughs> wrong. Matt. But like, 
I definitely do feel the pressure of time in a way that's really annoying because I see the men that are my age also hitting their stride and not thinking about it at all. Like, you know, I'm, I'm one of the guys that I talked to is like in his forties and I'm like, so you're not even, uh, you're not, you're like in in a distant way being like, yeah, I think I'd like to have a family one day. And I'm like, yeah, me too. I wish I could put it off for 10 more years, just like you. Yep. So yeah, it's fucking frustrating, but I'm not going to waste my time anymore sitting around feeling sorry for myself when clearly if I wanted it that bad all these years, then I would have already had it. Yeah. Clearly it wasn't my priority. Right. Yeah. Not in a real way, Mm -hmm. in like the way that we were talking about before. Right. Because people that really want it, you know, you have, I'm sure you have friends, girls who are like, I'm going to find my husband. And then they like go on one app one time and they're married and you're like, well, you really meant that shit. (laughs) 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 And they got it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've said that too, and it just doesn't fall out of the sky, you know? Right. But I think that it has to come from a place of really having true gratitude for where you're at. Mm -hmm. And then also, if you want to get love, you have to give it. Stop acting like somebody is going to just come and like give you love and solve everything for you. Right. Be a loving person to yourself, to your friends, to your family, in the world, to strangers. Just be a loving person and you, it will be miraculous. Yeah. I expect I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but it's like, like, I never thought that I would be saying these things, but it is true. And you can feel it in your body. You can feel when you go into the world in a grocery store full of strangers, you can feel if you're in a happy light place, people are responding to you. People are smiling at you. People are asking you if um, you need their help. And you're like, what? You know, no, I'm good. But if you're in a shitty mood, everyone's bumping into you. Everyone's rushed. Someone cuts you off. Like, that's not an accident. It's right. because of you. Yeah. We all are. It's all because of, you know, mm-hmm. no, the collective agreement. I absolutely get that for sure. It yeah. makes so much sense. And so- remembering, sorry, one more thing about where you said about being single. Yeah. Remember, if you really wanted someone, you could find someone. Like, you're just not willing to take on bullshit or settle or crush yourself or any of those things. So like, I'm sure there's some like homeless guy who needs a shower and a hug who you could bring into your house and force to like rub your back and you could cook, you know what I mean? Like homeless is an extreme, but like there's people out there that need love, but you don't want that person. No. There are plenty of options and opportunities. It's just what you said. It's a matter of you just want the right person, not just any person. So it's just a matter of, you know, how many non-negotiables are we allowed? (laughs) You know what I mean? And like what is – yeah, how many non-negotiables are are we allowed? (laughs) Also, what is right? Like that's where I'm really sitting right now is like how – like I have – this experience of like, how could something be so close and yet not aligning right now? I'm just like, that is interesting. Yeah, I get to feel all the feelings that I want to have, but it's just in the context of it not being the thing. That's like a mind fuck. So I'm just like 
trying to manifest through qualities of feelings rather than trying to control the circumstance. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So do you ever, you have to, do you ever have to like pivot your energy into that or, you know, what do you do? You just live in that? No, I keep reminding myself. Yeah. You know, like don't get lost into a fantasy. Don't try to like project and create uh, your perfect scenario, like really stopping and coming back to the moment and being like, okay, like here we are right now. What's, what's great about right now? And then like being in the constant state of reminding because emotions and imagination mixed together, it's like a cocktail of loneliness. Mm. Yeah. You know, or of excitement, but then you build up this excitement and then this person that you built this up about isn't there and then you're crushed, but that's just because you were creating their reflection. You weren't really taking it on. Right. You mean seeing them as they were. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Or having, or meeting somebody and liking them for the potential and not for what you see in front of you. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think women do that. We're like advanced storyboarding artists. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think I've in my head married every guy that's ever been inside of me. And that's so many people. (laughs) 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 I've married at least 50 people. That's so funny. My friend and I were just talking about that last night, how like we meet someone and we automatically go to like, can I, do I want to die with this person? Yeah. yeah like, oh, you're going to be holding my hand as we get buried into the ground in one coffin. Like, is this who I want to do that with? Like what the, you know, give yeah. me some time. Like, yeah. yeah. Like at least a couple of weeks, guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. <clears throat> I know this concept is somewhat controversial, but what do you think about in terms of masculine and feminine energy and dating, like we were talking about before, being such a strong, independent woman yourself? Do you think we've like, do you think we're changing the the trajectory of traditional love and roles in relationship? You know, I read this book by Dr. Pat Allen called Getting to I Do. And It was written in like the 90s. And so there's a regressive nature to it because it is a bit old timey as far as like her recommendations and the traditionalism of the structure of masculine and feminine. But the way that she describes it as the energetic exchange of purpose, functionality, and also needs being met is really amazing. So in her theory, it's basically that like when you're in your masculine energy, whether you're a man or a woman, so both of all of us have both, obviously, because we come from a man and a woman. So, and we're living in the dance of that energy all the time. When you're in your masculine energy, you want to be respected for what you think and you're an initiator. And when you are in your feminine energy, you want to be, um, nurtured for how you feel and you're in your more receptive energy. And so from that point of view, I definitely think respecting the masculine and feminine energies is important. However, I think that traditional roles of or structures of relationship are not what what is traditional, I guess I would go into when when you ask that because Of course, there's something where the man was always, you know, 
killing the fish and the woman was always weaving the basket for the most part. But then when we get into like the 20th century and like Western culture and this like man comes home from work and woman has dinner on the table and like that thing, that's where I'm like, we got to twist it. I think that there are things that I want from a man. I want man power, you know, like I need that hung. Hang that. Yeah. And, you know, I, <laughs> I feel this way. I need you to empathize with how I feel. And he might be like, I need you to care about what I think because this is what I want to do tonight. And you're not, you don't you think that's stupid. Like that's constantly emasculating the man disregarding how they feel about things, et cetera. But, uh, can you can you ask the question again because I'm getting off track, but I want to answer it specifically. Yeah, I'm just curious because you know because life has changed so much, especially with us millennials, and I just feel like our parents probably started it, but we're really like shaking shit up when it yeah. comes to relationships and you know and traditional roles. Do you think that's made it harder in the dating world because it's just we're kind of like changing the way that things were, so maybe it's more difficult for man and woman. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that it comes down to the fact that we have to, this is what I wanted to say. I'm glad, I'm glad you went back. We have to stop projecting what we think a relationship is supposed to look like and what we think a man is supposed to show up as and what we think a woman is supposed to show up as. That's the problem. Mm. I think that is the distortion from the, you know, 1950s basically to some degree. And and also there's a lot of misrepresentation of feminine and masculine in culture in in toxic ways and also in ways that are like diminished and made and 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 sad like the way that it's hard for men to have uh be real about their emotions you know and that's a really big problem and so there's a lot of distortion so i think that the answer is really being honest and figuring out what your needs are what works for you and allowing yourself to be surprised by the interface of another person. Like you might not even know what some of your needs are until you're met with somebody who meets them mm. or until you're met with somebody who doesn't meet them, you know? So right. you kind of, I think that it's up to two people entering a relationship to figure out what works for them. And once we get into like deciding that it has to be a certain way, this is what a wife does. This is what a husband does we're fucking crushing each other and we're setting ourselves up for a failure. Yeah. Definitely. Like you don't know what works for you. I mean, and this is why I think the eruption of like polyculture and all this crazy, I mean, it's crazy for me because I'm like, it's my nightmare to share a lover with somebody, but like cool for you. I love that. But like <laughs> I personally would be driven into a jealous, rageful spiral Yeah, me too. <laughs> where I'm like, if I'm not your queen, leave the building. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's why we have that. It's a reaction to people being like, this doesn't work for me. This traditional structure is so diminishing and so narrow that I feel like I have to fuck everyone. And I don't know if that's a direct link. But I think there is a processing that comes from feeling like it's so constrictive to needing to expand to such a big degree. Right. Like the ultimate freedom of having right. your cake and eating it too. Yeah. And really, there's nothing wrong with that because, again, what it comes back to is everyone just doing what works for them right. and entering 
uh, an honest agreement with the person that they're doing it with. You know, like I remember I dated a guy who was bisexual and I, we needed to have a conversation about that. And like, I think it's about being a grown up, you know, having the courage to have those kinds of conversations of like, what isn't, isn't going to work for you or how does this work for you? Or, you know, if you met someone and he's like, I like, uh, you know, I, I could be with you, but every six months I like have to fuck, you know, uh, I have to fuck the lady who gives me a massage. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what if Yeah, you might be like, okay, everything else about you is so great. I never thought I would say yes to this, but like, if that's what makes you feel like you can be loyal to me, cool. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's someone that I was seeing fairly recently didn't really like pick up after himself at all. And I was like, wait, 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 like I'm not your mom, you know? And yeah. then the, the next guy that I was seeing, like put his cup in the sink and I was like, that is hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? I didn't realize like, I need you to like, you know, I want to take care of someone, but not to that extreme of just like, it's so funny. The things that we pick up on from dating somebody and then dating somebody else and seeing what we actually need. Right. And that's really like the value of having experience. And I feel like a lot of times in the before times, I wasn't even trying to have the experience because I was so busy. And, you know, like there were so many facets of my life that it wasn't as easy to experience people. And then when you're not having those experiences, it is harder to get out of the singles line because because you're becoming almost like you become so self-protective and you become scared and it's like a lot to open up. And so you do just kind of have to like continuously practice mm. and not get lost in the other person, but, but have enough openness to say, okay, I'm giving this like a real, I'm giving this a real chance. Yeah. You know, I'm coming at this with my heart open being like, surprise me. Like, yes, be wonderful. Yeah. I think something, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I can really relate to you in the sense that you and I are kind of like similar maybe in the way that we're kind of extreme of like, if you're not it, I don't need it, yeah. you know? And then that mm -hmm. doesn't give us that chance for trying people out, uh, trying them on for size, you know? And it's like, we have to do that. And, and also just, it's like practice working well with others in tight quarters. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I'm glad you said that. Cause that is, I had to, um, one of my friends, he said to me, don't let your preconceived notions become your dogma. And I was like, fuck, that's so true. Like I do that in my dating life where I'm like, I think it needs to look like this. And if, and if it, and I think it needs to feel like this. And if it doesn't fit and look and feel in this way that I think then like right off the bat, then boy, bye. And that's just not fair. It takes you time. It takes people time to open up to you. You might not really know what's best for you. I certainly I think that I know what's best for me to a certain degree, but I also needed to have certain experiences in order to find the language to, to talk with another about that. You know, most of my failed relationships have been huge successes in that they've taught me to communicate. Yeah. Because when you're unhappy or something's not working and you're you're just going to be like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you realize the stakes aren't that high because you've already seen that the guy's not for you. You're so comfortable speaking your truth. And that's a practice that we all should be in, like, much more frequently. Yes, that's such a good point. Yeah. 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 I remember being on a walk with 
a guy in the past and being like, you really aren't that good of a listener, <laughs> you know, like sometimes <laughs> yeah. like, you really are not listening to me. You know, I'm, I'll be talking and then he'll be looking at his phone and then he doesn't even realize I finished talking and you're like, you know, you're back like, in the day, cool. would I called somebody out on it but it's like what what does it what do I have to lose like this guy's probably not the one anyway but and if he is the one then he needs to know that he's being rude yeah and give him a chance to change his behavior that's the thing like mm-hmm. if we all are spending time by ourselves all the time we're all working from our phones like we all have tech addiction like it's yeah. fucked up and so if you're like hey you weren't listening you're on your phone if he cares about you then he'll be start to become conscious of that. Right. Uh, or if he cares about, you know, just having a healthy dynamic. And if he doesn't, then it's like, okay, well, you clearly like your phone more than you like hanging out with me. So I'm just going to leave you to your phone. Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, like I, I can just go be, it's better to be alone and enjoying your own company than being in the company of someone that you don't enjoy. For sure. Hands down. Yeah. What is your relationship like with creativity? Mm. Well, it's um, my whole thing with creativity is learning to wrangle it. Like I'm very creative in 8,000 different directions. And then I have a really hard time with like discipline and, you know, showing up every single day just kind of, you know, I love the idea and I get so excited about the idea and I and I get that huge thing. And then the building part and the sitting with it part and like the brick by brick element of, of it is that's where I have had to really like wrangle myself and be like, sit down. It is yeah. the sitting down that is the first part of the thing. Ooh. Like have an intention. Mm-hmm. Sit down, wait, you know, like setting the space for it to happen instead of it being just uh, this fucking wild entity is my journey. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little bit of structure. I structure. Mean, yeah. But I mean. But only a little. Right. Right. Not too much. <laughs> He's okay. This is what it is. I heard something recently that really changed and. Look, I've read like the war of art and I've been like a professional comedian and I like I, I've done all these things that like yeah, like seem like I figured it out, but like really I struggle so much with that discipline. And I I I've gotten past the resistance, which is the war of art part. But then it's really like the showing up thing that it's writing for me. But I read this thing that was just like if you write a page a day. For 365 days, you have 365 pages. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, a page a day is the literal bare minimum of anything that I could do ever. And so once I started to frame it like that, where it's like, just give 30 minutes a day to this one thing, you know, whatever your creative thing is, if, if it's like music, if it's painting, if it's writing, if it's dancing, if it's, I mean, literally anything, all the things. Just if you're like, for 30 minutes a day, I just do that thing. I think that also leads you to be like, I need to create a disciplined space and time to do that thing because I actually feel so much better 
when I do that. After I do that, I feel so much more embodied. I feel so much more connected. I feel so much more purposeful. I feel like I understand like what the fuck I'm even doing here. You know, I mean, I personally could go weeks on end just binging TV. Like I, I'm like seriously, like a lump on a log is my like truest essence. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't make me feel good after you know a certain amount of time which I'm sure you relate to definitely yeah what are you watching these days um I'm watching at the moment I'm watching I mean I, I obviously like I just cycle in and out of so many shows but right now I'm watching um there's this Netflix documentary called surviving death have you watched it no wow it's um it's all about, it's like there's six episodes and it's, um, the first one is about near-death experiences and then that's mediumship. And then I think there's two medium episodes and then there's reincarnation and there's, um, when de- there's the episode on how like spirits communicate with the living, Whoa. you know, where it's like people report like lights going out and coming to their dreams and like all that kind of stuff. So each episode chronicles like one element of the way that our life experience communicates with the dead. And I am very, uh, I wouldn't say I'm like fascinated with death, but I, I would like to have a really good relationship to it because I have known so many people who have passed both young and old and tragically. And also in after, you know, having lived a long life, I've seen many facets of it. And I feel connected to people when they die. So I'm like, I want to just, I love, yeah, it's fucking weird. Like the mediumship is so weird. Some of it is like very intense. They're communicating with like spirit guides and they have weird voices and they vomit. Like the whole thing is like really intense. Wow. Yeah. And you should watch it. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. But yeah, I'm, I don't think we talk about death enough. I, um, think that part of the reason why 2020 was so hard is because we live in denial of death and all of a sudden so many people were dying and we already had a system that didn't understand it, talk about it, give reverence to it in the correct ways. Like, I don't think that we know how to mourn. I feel like it's a whole thing that, uh, we have a problem with in, yeah. in the Western world. So like when, when, when I watch those things, it's like really confirming for me that it's worth looking more into. Definitely. And actually, yeah. um, when you came to the city one time and you sat down with Lauren for the panel, I'm mm-hmm. forgetting her last name at the moment, but, um, Oh, Xander. Xander. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it rhymes with my team leader's last name, Glander. I was like, it's not Glander. Um, <laughs> Lauren Xander. And she has someone on her team, Hildy and she's absolutely adorable and she talks about death and maybe you guys should connect. She's amazing. Yeah. And how to like prepare for it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Really amazing. I had her on my show once and it was just like powerful. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's really, um, it's really interesting. It is. It is. Oh, I remember I, in 2016, I traveled for a bit and, um, my grandmother who passed when I was really young and never came to me in a dream or anything came to me in a dream one night when I was in Sri Lanka and, a, and I told my mom about it. I was like, mom, Nana came to me in a dream and, and I was like, she's never done that. And then my mom said, oh, that's crazy. She just showed up for your sister too. Whoa. And I don't think she'd ever shown up for my sister either. So it was just like mm-hmm. very strange. We're across the world from each other. Haven't even spoken about it yet. And like in the same couple of nights. 
So the the near-death experience episode of the Netflix show kind of speaks to this. And it's really the way that they the way that it's spoken about in that episode is actually what I do believe it is and what would be like your nana thing is like that human consciousness continues on outside of the body in a different realm. And we're all connected through consciousness and spirit. And so they can contact us. Yeah. They do exist. Like whether it be in spirit, it's not like there's a, some, I think then this is where the medium thing is weird, where it's like some people like come back and like, there's like a physical form, like there's all these different kind of levels. But for me, the consciousness thing of just like a, basically like a beam of light that has consciousness in it that like can visit and guide and like communicate to me feels the most right because I, I do know that consciousness exists outside the body. Right. Because it can happen with living people also. Yeah. You know, how many times are you thinking of someone and then they call you? It's like, it's not a coincidence. Like we're all connected. We really are all connected. That is a real thing. Yeah, for sure. And and I think in death as well. It's just hard though, because you miss people physically. You know, that's the real, that's the real bummer is that physical life is the fleeting part. And it's, we are emotional, tactile beings. And when someone's gone, it's, it's hard to be here. It's weird. Yeah, I know. My actually Hildy, something Hildy talks about a lot is that when you're helping set somebody up to like pass, basically you can pick one physical object and be like, and well, they choose it. And they're like, when you see this, it's me communicating basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's really cool. And, and I mean, I know for me, like my grandmother passed in April at three thirty-three, and mm, I've seen wow. three thirty-three on the clock so much lately. It's insane. That's amazing. And her name was, and I live on, and it's just, she wow. was like, to the day one month later that I found this apartment. It was just so many things stacked up that it was like, I did not do this alone. There's no way. And that helps me, you know, when, when we go back to talking about dating too, yeah. like that, that also helps me is that when you think that you're alone, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. It's just, you feel alone and feeling alone is different. That's a feeling that you need to work through and shift but that like aloneness is like no like I know that there's so many beings around me like you know how many times like think about your intuition like what you hear in your head that guides you into places and then all of a sudden you're like whoa that's why I came here like that person or that thing like what the fuck is that (laughs) it's because there's more to it than just you alone in a room definitely that's so true. So true. I, I talk to my ancestors all the time. <laughs> I'm yeah. like asking them for help for everything and, it, and they help often when yeah. I ask. Yeah. And it's funny because I remember um, someone recently that I was dating, I asked for a companion and I think that's all I asked for. And that's mm-hmm. literally all I got. And I was like, but my dog is a really good companion too. So I don't need just a companion. I need more than that. Right. I wasn't specific enough. You're like, hey, ancestors, what's up? Um, <laughs> here's the deal. Uh, forgot to add also. <laughs> Must snowboard. 
<laughs> and That's be so on my level. <laughs> yeah, I'd be good at it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> what are some examples of activities you do to enhance your well-being? Going outside and hiking for me over the last year has been the biggest, most important Connecting to nature is something that I think I was missing so much in the before times. Like I was such a city dweller. Of course, I would like go to like Griffith Park or occasionally, you know, Joshua Tree or whatever. But like it wasn't like every day I go and I'm like with nature. And to me, that's like I didn't know what a an incredible thing that that really could be. And I think it's cool. Like we can all we don't all have to stay in cities anymore Mm -hmm. because we have this digital reality and we were forced to, you know, pivot in this way. And so we realized that it's like a lot easier to kind of be wherever you want to be while still being tuned in to, you know, being able to work and not have to be like a farmer or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What do people do in nature? I don't know. Uh, I just walk around. (laughs) I drive to the valley to get uh, groceries. Um, (laughs) But that's like a huge thing. And then, okay, so that, and then something that really changed me is, uh, I, this sounds so stupid, but I look at my calendar for the next day before I go to sleep. So that I know what time I have to be involved with the world. Yes. So that before that time, the time that I have is just like my time. I wish that I cracked this like so long ago because I would wake up like in in 2019, I would wake up with like anxiety that I was already behind. Yeah. That's the worst way to start the day. Like I'll look at my phone, like I already have emails and like I already and like, oh, fuck, like, oh, my God. And like, shit, you know, and then all of a sudden two hours have gone by and you're like, (sighs) you know, it's like it's so intense. And so now I'm just like I have boundaries with I don't owe anyone my time. I have responsibilities and I will get to them. But for me, the quiet morning, the walk, the coffee, the laying on the floor, the listening to a song, the smoking a little weed, you know, like whatever it is, if I want to fucking smoke half a joint at eight 30 in the morning, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and I can do that because yeah. no one needs me to be anywhere until three o'clock. And even when I get there, I'll, you know, like, and it's, I don't even owe you an explanation. All these the judgments about how my, I spend my time has been like a well-being revelation for sure. Mm. And then drinking water when you first wake up is really important. Sounds so dumb. But the first thing you should do when you wake up in the morning is drink a glass of water. <laughs> like dead ass. That's a non-negotiable every day for you? Non-negotiable. Mm. I have my wa- I have my cup next to my bed and I have a water thing in my room. And I put it next to my bed before I go to sleep. And then when I wake up in the morning, I drink the full glass of water. Wow. And then I come downstairs and then I have another one with lemon and then I have a coffee. Mm, that's smart. You have to hydrate. Hydrating is the key to health. I'm like so seriously, you have to drink so much fucking water. That's like how all disease, I'm like going to get my water right now. That's like how all disease <laughs> doesn't, doesn't like populate. Like you have to keep your body alkaline. Right. Wow. Yeah. I, 
I know. It's one of those things and I like smack myself in the head with it every day. I'm like, oh, fuck. At the end of the day, when I realize I did not intake nearly what I should, if you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, you're going to start to see it on your face because you're going to get older. So. Oh, yeah. No, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> you better start fucking hydrating, sis. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. My sister and I were just admiring my forehead. And it's just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a talker with my forehead. <laughs> yeah. No, same. I actually recently stopped getting Botox in my forehead because I saw like a video of myself with Botox in my forehead and it looked like, yeah, my skin looked good, but it looked like, it looked like there was like paste under it and it was like moving in this weird way. <laughs> and I just was like, that makes me sad. Like, I think that what's beautiful about people is the way that their face moves. So now I'm not doing my whole approach to Botox is totally different now. It's not about freezing. It's just about like stabilizing. Mm, I know. I've actually been thinking after our conversation about my sister, I was like, do I do that one day? I mean, I don't have the finances for it now or the care. You know, I used to think like, I will never do that. And then I'm like, oh shit. But with these, with these lines, like maybe I'll consider. No, and then I got like to be 32 and I was like, I look a hundred. Like, no. I'm just enthusiastic. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't, you don't need it. You're good. <laughs> water is the trick. Thank yeah, you. Water is the trick. And maybe like in four years, you can like do a little play around with it. Yeah, just play around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? What is it you do to help you through current challenges that you didn't have in your toolbox five years ago? Yeah, I think a lot of what I just said is that recognizing that my time is my own is like a really big thing. Yeah. I think that manifests for different ways for ever in different ways for everyone, but it's really important because we just um we just interviewed Sahara Rose. I don't know if you know her, but she wrote this book on Dharma and like the concept of Dharma. And, and I've always thought this, but I wouldn't have put it in that language, but it's, it is good language because it, it already exists. Like the concept of Dharma is basically, you know, living in your purpose and that your Dharma will basically chase you around your whole life until you start to listen to it. And, and when you don't listen to it, you end up in situations that suck for you. You have shitty jobs, you have shitty relationships, you know, you're always learning the hard lesson and you're just not in alignment. And, uh, I think the, the cultivating time for yourself and listening and quiet and, and slowing down in that way is like the thing that positions you to be able to hear the call more. And I think it kind of just saves you a lot of drama by giving yourself like that level of love and attention. That's amazing advice. Yeah. Do you have a definitive purpose? Um, I would say to, yeah, I think I do. I, I know I do, but I feel um, like right now it's manifesting as being like in podcasting and writing. and But I think that the message itself is still getting expanded and distilled so that even though I've been able to be this like disseminator of um, wisdom through other people and like comedy and like, I know that I, I know that I'm bringing a positive energy to the world, you know, like I, I at least know that, but I think that the message, like the bigger purpose of why is yet to be revealed. I think I'll find purpose if, when I become a mother as well, I think that'll be another type of purpose. So you know, I don't think it's one thing, but I think that really the alignment element of that is what speaks to me. 
is not feeling like you're living someone else's life or, you know, it's always a tell if you're, if you can't be happy for people. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when I, when I wanted to be an actress, but I wasn't trying to be an actress. And then I would see people who were being actresses and I would be like annoyed. And it's like, that's just because I'm living, I'm not living my fulfilled curiosity and purpose. And like, that doesn't mean that I have to become an actress, but obviously there's something in that world that I'm meant to explore. Mm -hmm. So I think that being an explorer of those impulses through listening through like, Oh, all of a sudden you're like laying on the floor and you're like thinking about like some class you want to take. And then you're like, Whoa, that's so crazy. And then you look it up and it turns out there's that class in your city and then you go take it. And then in that class, you know, like, it's like, you got to follow the breadcrumbs of the instincts that you have. And if you're not listening to those things, you're not making time for yourself and through always prioritizing what everyone else needs from you, then you're just getting further and further away from your own feeling of like connection and purpose and feeling purposeful and inspired. Right. Which I think is really what we all at the end of the day, like want to feel like we want to feel good. We want to feel like we've lived a day that there's something that we can be proud of or that we've had a good time or, you know, we've had a laugh or whatever. Like nobody wants to be at the end of the day feeling tired and shitty. Like really? No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you are tired because you've worked a long day, but overall your energy isn't like slogging because you're living like a shitty life day in and day out. Right. You're exhausted from a thrill sometimes. Right. Which is cool. We Mm -hmm. love to party. (laughs) (laughs) We love that. For a good time call. (laughs) Stephanie Simbari, is there anything you wish we spoke about? Something I didn't ask or something intuitive that you would like to share? Um, I just want to say that this was so much fun. And, um, I'm so happy that you went on a limb and, um, came in, came slid into my DMS with some (laughs) auditory ask first of its kind (laughs) (laughs) and not the last. (laughs) Now I'm just going to get like bombarded with you and be like, yo, what's up? I'm just booked with podcasts for the next 10 months. No, um, <laughs> I would be honored. <laughs> um, and no, I, I think you asked a lot of good questions and I love that you're on um, this exploratory journey of learning and sharing. I think that's really cool. And um, I hope one day you get out of the singles line. <laughs> We'll see on this side. <laughs> I hope I hope the singles boat doesn't ship you away to some <laughs> far off country. <laughs> but that's basically Bachelor in Paradise, so I guess that's fine. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> that's I guess go there. <laughs> Actually, quickly, really quickly, I know yeah. you're running a little bit behind. That's okay. That's okay. I don't want to rush you. You recently posted something about that you were asked to be on a Bachelor, and then I didn't see your answer. Which one? Okay, so I have two friends who were friends with the producers of The Bachelor. I actually now have a friend who is one of them, but this was like a long time ago. They were like friends with like the guy, like the guy who can just be like, this girl's on the show, you know, like they didn't have to go through any auditions. Like they emailed the guy Mm -hmm. and they were like, we want Steph to be on The Bachelor. She'd be perfect. It was for Nick Vial's season. Oh, 
And I was like, I don't want to be on that show. Like, but they were convincing me. So I was like, okay, I got like into it with the producer. He was like, we would love to have you just straight up was like, you can be on the show. And I, I was like, can I do my podcast from the house? (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, no, you can't like run a business out of the bachelor mansion. <laughs> and I'm like, I just don't think I could do it. Like, I wasn't willing to give up my life at that time. I felt like I was building something. It was going to be for like six months. And also, I had already come off a reality show. So I felt like if I had, if I did a reality show and then I did another one, I was like nervous that I was going to be like pigeonholed into this like reality category, which like isn't maybe the worst thing because those people fucking make money. <laughs> but I just, it was such a vulnerable experience for me doing funny girls that I just didn't know, especially with like love and relationships. Like I, me now would be a very different contestant on that show than me then. And I wasn't trying to be like one of those like sloppy, sad drunks, like trying to like win over, especially that guy who is like, clearly, I don't know what the fuck is going on with him, but he's not like, wouldn't be good for me for sure. Yeah. I'm not sad yeah. for you that you missed out on that one. No, not at all. <laughs> but then it was so funny because like when I went in my story, then my friend who, who interviewed him for her podcast was talking about him. And I told her this and she's like, Oh yeah, he's actually like cool. Like I should like set you guys up now that he's single. Like I think he's learned a lot. And she, she also tried to convince me. And so I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. Set me up. Yeah. And then she put us on a group text and said like the sweetest intro. And then I was like, said something quippy back and then was like, and Hey Nick. And he never responded to the group threat. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, this bitch goes around just talking about how much he wants to find love. Like if you really want it that bad, you're not just going to pass up an opportunity. Like you, you know what I mean? Like yeah, didn't even try. Not even to, Not even to be like, oh, cool. What's your Instagram? Let me see if I even think you're cute or like sidebar tall and be like, send me a picture. Like, is she, let me see what she looks like. Let me see if I like her vibe, like whatever. But just so telling like the type of, uh, (laughs) ew. (laughs) I I mean, I don't want to be the person talking shit about him. I never met the guy. I don't know him at all, but it's just really a funny cultural moment. I have so many things like that where I've been like at the crosshairs of culture and I'm always very like, apprehensive to talk about it because I don't like gossiping and I don't want to put anyone on blast but like I do have so many like stupid fucking stories like that where I'm just like hey I mean a story is a story you know why yeah exactly what happened it happened I'm not making it up right I'm judging him (laughs) (laughs) a little bit (laughs) I guess that's fine (laughs) he seems like he deserves it (laughs) that's hilarious do your friends try to set you up often no, never. Yeah, never. What the hell? I did. I got set up once with someone and I was like, I really liked him. I really thought we were going to like be together. He was so funny. And then he broke up with me in a restaurant and I was like, literally, I was like, are, are you breaking up with me? <laughs> we had gone on like four dates, but I was like in my head, like we're married. married. So, <laughs> uh, like, are, are you breaking up with me? And he's like, he's like, I just feel like you want like something like so much more than like where I'm at. And like, I really like you, but I don't want to hurt you. But because I know that I can't like, just not there. And I was like, excuse me. And I went to the bathroom. I was like bald in the bathroom and then came back and was like, 
He's like, do you want to go? I'm like, no, we should finish the pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And then I like, and then he drove me home and then I made him smoke weed with me. And then it got really sad. And these are lessons that you don't do that. You know, (laughs) they broke up with you. You don't invite them in for a joint. (laughs) You're just so hospitable. That's all. I just so desperate. (laughs) We've all been there. Yeah. Younger, younger. Yeah. We've all been there. Well, thank you so much. Where can we, where can we find you and how can we support you? Um, you can find me, um, well, you can listen to that. So retrograde. I recommend it. Yes, you can find us at So Retrograde on Instagram and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter or not. Or I don't know, just if in the future you see my name or face on something, you watch it or you buy it. That would be really like that would be good because I feel like just implanting into the future that I'm going to need your support ongoing. And it's not just about an Instagram follow, you know, Mm, I love that. I don't, I'm, I'm like, why is that my own sort, my only source of. It is not, it is not. I see so much for you coming. You are so talented and hilarious and, and I I just love you so much. So thank you so much for being here. This is a blast. So fun. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) It was so fun. You're so cute. You're awesome. Thank you so much. This was so, so, so cool. Welp, that is a wrap, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in and sharing with us your time, your attention, and your ears. Anywhere you can find Stephanie, you can find her in the show notes. You know where to find me on Instagram at Spiritually Nutritious. Or if you have any real estate needs, feel free to check me out at Seize Your Home, S-E-A-S, Your Home. You can also email me wellandwhy at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, ideas, love. I'm receiving all the love these days. I mean, it is Valentine's Day. Open your hearts, you know? Um, That's about it. I just want to, again, invite you and, you know, support you in the idea of stepping out of your comfort zone and asking for help like we spoke about a lot in this episode, ask for something you want, something you need, worst case scenario, they say no, or they don't respond. Either way, doesn't affect you. The only thing that will affect you is if they say yes and they help you out with whatever it is you are asking. And then you roll with it. So like my mom always says, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right, mom? (laughs) A couple of quotes that I wanted to reiterate from Stephanie were have a low tolerance for your own bullshit. The universe doesn't care about your complaints. It likes action. Sit down. It is in the sitting down that is the first part of the thing. Yeah, well, you're going to start to see it on your face because you're going to get older. So you better start fucking hydrating, sis. (laughs) That one was my favorite. And lastly... You have to trust that where you are, you are for a reason. So thank you, Stephanie Simbari. Twas a pleasure. And I hope to see you live again someday because you and Elizabeth Cott are just the perfect little duo. And thank you so much for listening. I love you. I appreciate you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy birthday, my sister, on the 13th of February, 2021. 
and ta-ta for now.